Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. My name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 60, 60 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I have returned to take my throne once again. Heavy lies the crown. Craig Fitzpatrick. It's the big one. <laughs> <laughs> Quizmaster. Welcome back. Ah, uh, yes, there was a quiz. Colin Regan. There was indeed. And Craig Fitzpatrick were victorious on said quiz. Boy, I mentioned it. On the lads. Yeah, yeah. great questions, I hear. <laughs> yes, really, Dave put the quiz together. Really hard and, work. Uh, it was very good. It was, although there's some rumblings that it might have been a draw. No, Apparently it was not so. a draw. There's, there's some dispute in terms of... Michael like, Galaxy has, is claiming that his team drew level at the, at, at the death, but, you know... Didn't hear it. You guys pocketed the winnings. <laughs> so yeah, we pocketed the winnings. Yeah, so, so that's not coming back. <laughs> to the victors go the spoils. Uh, Dave Higgins and Fiona Jones also on that team. Good night had by all. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Well done, Dave. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, good job on the podcast last week, guys. Oh, Thanks very much. You listened. I did listen back oh, yeah. to it, yeah. I mean, you know, I had some problems, but we, we can talk about that off mic. <laughs> we'll, we'll work Let's those out Let's talk about it on mic, I think. Okay. No? What were your problems? Your Gorillas review. It was like... I was listening, it was the most five and a half, six out of ten sentiment of all time. And then at the end you were like, well, seven, maybe an eight. We liked a lot of the tracks. If you listen to the, 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 the copy versus the score, <laughs> didn't f- quite match. I feel like that's often the case, though. And certainly in recent months when I've stopped like thinking of the score beforehand. So I'm just like... Uh, to be fair, boy. ratings are indeed quite ir- irritating. But sometimes you do know. You, like, you know, you can see, yeah. you can see a true. film, for example... And be like, well, I, I know how I feel about that film. What have you seen, Dave? Hi, guys. Uh, I've <laughs> seen K 
King Arthur Legend of the Sword right. and Alien Covenant. Ask me anything. I can... Would I enjoy either of them? No. No, cool. Yeah, that, that's, that's about what I figured anyway. So Guy Ritchie doing King Arthur. Oi, oi, mate. Is there lots of geezers? This is the problem. This is a... <laughs> Sorry, geezers. This is Fucking a film Excalibur. that... This is a film that is completely at war with itself because it feels like two different movies because they do the Cockney thing but yeah. not enough of it. And then they always try and be a bit serious and grimdark and at the end, Jude Law turns into a big Mortal Kombat villain for the most indecipherable action scene you will ever witness. There's a David Beckham cameo, which takes you right out of the movie. Uh, the and he's wearing, like, prosthetics and stuff. No, he has a scar. Okay. He's a, he's a so king, he's still handsome. He's a Kingsguard, and, like, literally, like, you know, it's like, it's a close-up, he turns around, and his face is, like, you know, like in the screen, and he's like, put your hand on that sword and try and pull out the stone, Yeah. Lots Beckham of, is yeah brilliant he gets he gets dialogue and I will say this he does he, he does fine I assume he's in the film because I guess him and Guy Ritchie dropped the kids off at the same crash in LA sure, or something. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. it's really really odd he like he doesn't get much else to do and uh, yeah like this is a film that has like you know the Cockney stuff so you got like the phrase razzle dazzle <laughs> in this King Arthur movie bizarre that doesn't want to use the word Excalibur Guy Ritchie seems to have turned himself into a legit big film like Hollywood well he's apparently well yes although without changing any of his yeah, style or approach he's doing a live action version of Aladdin with Will Smith as the genie apparently <laughs> and he's now being tapped for the next Bond movie perhaps which you know we all no, nobody needs or wants mm. uh, and it's weird because like this, this King Arthur film is no good like, it's got that horrible gunmetal grey aesthetic that has permeated yeah. every tentpole blockbuster for the last five years and it's it's rubbish and as a matter of fact when I went to see it a prominent Dublin film critic got up and walked out just as the final fight scene was about to happen wow can't blame him yeah as for Alien Covenant no is <laughs> that all that needs to be said Ridley Scott has to stop he'll sort it out with the next couple of sequels but he's <laughs> almost 80 years of age and I must say looking very well for an 80 year, almost 80 year old man but his he is one of the great wild egomaniacs like I mean like he really is we have a lot in common him yeah, and of course, <laughs> Sir Ridley Scott and I but no I mean like I'm forever against the idea of just like taking like this great idea that has been put together and just demystifying the hell out of it. Right. That's what he's done. The only good thing about Prometheus was Fastbender's robot, and you, and you were kind of like, oh, I wonder what he was up to. Well, this tells you, and yeah. not only not only does this tell you, but it just ties in like, oh well, you know, want to know how the original alien was created? No, I don't. He it was scary without this nonsense retconning. And it's it's crap. It's to rubbish. Be fair, I, yeah, I, I expected both of these movies to be a bit rubbish. Two so. out of five for I both. Mean, he's exploring a universe no one's really that interested in. I feel, but he claims that they are. Yeah, he's okay. like the fans are out there. They all want to know who the space jockey was in Alien. <laughs> hence, we got Prometheus, and it was like no one cares. Just make a good fucking movie. Meanwhile, instead of hanging out in the dark at the cinema, Craig has spent most of the week outside playing with his cat. The weather's been lovely. That's not been a outside. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a naturist now. Nature naturalist, <laughs> <laughs> outdoorsman. <laughs> it's one of the ones that wears clothes. I was wearing we clothes. To, yeah. I was wearing. I was fully clothed. Um, yeah, the cats have like they're now at an age where they're slightly allowed out for a bit, but you have to kind of watch them because they haven't got all their shots. So they'll try to escape, but you just can't let that Like happen. you at 15. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. essentially. Um, but yeah, great crack altogether. Yeah, you sent videos. They, they seem like cool guys. Still haven't met them, though. No. We'll have to source them. Waiting for an invite. Get them on the pod? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> right. Like, are, are they particularly chatty? They are, actually. All they right. might be better than me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Colm Regan, without me this time... Went to the wrestling again. Of course I did, yeah. Although you, 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 you had a gang, a gang full of Irish music scene's finest. Yeah, quite bizarre really, wasn't it? Um, we had uh, Bantam, a 
guest of the show, friend of the show, yeah. uh, was there. Dahi, uh, Brendan Canty popped along. Uh, Joseph Sheridan. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was quite the crew. The Edge. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? It was excellent, yeah. yeah. This is over-the-top wrestling OTT, which we frequently attend. Yeah. We will be back there again in a few weeks' time. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, another outstanding night. Well, the thing about wrestling is, I mean, I understand <laughs> that people get a bit riled up about it. A bit? Yeah, a little bit. They go mental. No, but I mean, like, some people get very annoyed about wrestling. Some people, sure. like, kind of think, it's juvenile, it's for kids, what are you even doing, you're grown men, whatever. But I kind of feel like, especially in these trying times, if something makes you happy, you know... And more it's, power to you. More power to you, as long as it's, you know, obviously legal and, and consensual yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but some people really, you know, get a bee in their bonnet over this professional wrestling game. Rubber. One of whom, on Twitter, decided to make his feelings known. Yeah. Kings Leon bass player Jared Folliwell put his foot in it. Big time. Because, yeah. yeah, so, like, if anybody doesn't know, wrestling Twitter is mental, right? It's 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 kind of like just this mix of just people who are either ironically enjoying it and will hate you for criticizing them. Sure. Or take it way too seriously and will hate you for <laughs> criticizing them. Either way, there's a lot of sentiment, a lot of anger there. And uh, when Jared Folliwell says, uh, hey, adults, let's maybe not watch professional wrestling, you know? I mean, come on. I don't really like the tone. The tone's horrible. It's so patronizing and cutting. And I mean, like, I called him out myself on Twitter. Sadly, he didn't respond to my challenge. All I said was, I quoted his tweet and I said, dude, you wrote Sex on Fire. Yeah. I don't think you wrote it, to be fair. Well, that's semantics, Craig, and they're not needed on <laughs> he this allowed new it to ex- He allowed those lyrics to pass. But lots of other people got to him as well, including in the wrestling scene, and made a holy show of him. And he <laughs> backtracked like crazy. He also uh, threw a very sexist comment at Vita Scott, a professional wrestler, when he told her to close her legs. Yeah, that one got deleted, but... Uh... But screenshots are forever, baby. It's yeah, true. I'm a bit disappointed. As someone that has to constantly defend Kings of Leon, I can't really defend this one. It's pretty indefensible. Now, they are coming over to Dublin, of course, for a couple of dates, and uh, I feel like we should have a, a good old-fashioned three-on-four handicap match. <laughs> Perhaps in over-the-top wrestling, maybe? Like, yeah, tell you what, if they're, if they're listening right now, yeah. yeah. Take us on. Get, yeah, get us booked. It is that kind of weird thing of, like, granted, like, Twitter, like, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself, just being like, here's what I'm thinking, and I, you know, just throw it out there. But, like, as you say, Craig, the tone of this is horrible, because it's just kind of like... Like, what are you trying to achieve? It's very condescending. Like, but yeah, it's clearly just a flipping thing that he's like, this won't be a big deal at all. He should have gone after, like, the flat earth movement or something if he wanted <laughs> a bigger, like, back on... I don't know. It's 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 a weird one. And then, yeah, obviously the follow-up, which is just, like, clear misogyny, was a bit horrible. One of the... Um, re- you'd expect better from, you know, kind of southern rockers that were, like, the sons of a <laughs> disgraced preacher. Um, <laughs> That's a gimmick. Yeah, really That's a wrestling is. gimmick. I mean, like... And in fairness, I mean, like, one of the kind of write-ups in this does make the point that the funny part about this whole thing is that the indie wrestlers of the world, you know, they really work a lot for their craft they travel all over the world they you know kind of sleep rough they not rough none like they 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 they, uh like put a lot of money into something that doesn't even give that much money back in a lot of the cases whereas kings leon get flown around the world on private jets and you know like stay in nice hotels well they had their years where they were doing the circuit and they were kind of getting no like they should be but you would think that somebody who like you know well i'm surprised he's not a fan of pro wrestling i just assumed there was a massive crossover between being in kings leon and enjoying pro wrestling no (laughs) It seems like a kind of logical... I wonder if one of them, like the one who never talks and just kind of stands in the back... The drummer. No, 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 the uh, guitarist. Oh, Nathan. Uh, No, Nathan is the drummer. Is Machu not... Well, oh, Matthew, sorry, Machu, Machu. The Go point on, yeah. is, I wonder if one of them is like a secretly a big wrestling fan and maybe he was like, he's always wanted to play WrestleMania or something and now he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You've ruined that one on me. Yeah. He could have been the next... 
Pitbull and Lunch Money Lewis. <laughs> Still going on about that epic performance at uh, WrestleMania 32. How could you not, man? How could you not? Uh, other dust-ups happening, though. On Twitter, uh, the notoriously shy and retiring Deadmouse, or Deadmau5. <laughs> I knew uh, someone who actually called, her and called him that. Well, Kanye West called him that when he was ripping the piss out of him before, which is quite interesting. No, this girl wasn't. She thought that was actually his actual name. All right. Uh, well, Deadmouse has criticised Calvin Harris over the amount of guests on his upcoming new record. Yeah, now it should be said that uh, the upcoming Calvin Harris record, and uh, I'm going to take a deep breath and try not to stumble over this list as go I go. Frank Ocean, Travis Scott, Kalani, Future, Pharrell, Katy Perry, Big Sean, John Legend, Ka- DJ Khalid, Migos, Schoolboy Q, Ariana Grande, Young Tug, Nicki Minaj, Lil Yachty, Jesse Reyes, Party Next Door, Snoop Dogg, and is a drama D-R-A-M. I purposefully it's a lot skipped um, that because I wasn't sure. It's a lot of people is what it is. It's a heck of a lot of people, and Dead Mace has kind of said, ever remember when Calvin Harris was just Calvin Harris? Which is, like, yeah, I do, and I'm quite glad he's not anymore. Yeah, I mean, we didn't like, like Calvin Harris return, being Calvin Harris. Return to the avant-garde stylings of underground niche man Calvin Harris. <laughs> like, has anybody ever said, like, acceptable in the 80s? I need more of that these days. What the fuck? And, and, and like, to be fair, like the tracks that he's released so far off this record are shocking. Bangers. Really, yeah. really good, yeah. He's, like, just in the midst of some amazing renaissance. Kind of because he's using his guests so well. I mean, we quite often complain about the fact that like these superfluous kind of guest spots especially when it comes to like just get a rapper on the track but everything he's released recently has just been like they've been in- integral to the track um, yeah it, it, this just makes no sense I mean like to be fair like it is interesting to go the other way where it's like okay fuck it I'll just go all in let's yeah. just have everyone on it and like the album which comes out on the 30th of June is called Funk Wav Benz's Volume 1 yeah. which I quite like which kind of also indicates that it's not he's not taking this thing too seriously mm-hmm. it seems like it's just a bit of fun it's a weird rant for, for Deadmau5 who feels quite threatened I guess I mean like he, oh, yeah. he added and I quote Fucking hate watching what I love to do get raped by popular culture for the sake of selling stupid shit for stupid people. Nothing new here, just your typical sellout rant about people who obviously know how to pander shit for the sake of capitalism. Moving on. What What's that even mean? I no idea. What's the sellout? Maybe he couldn't get the names on this list or something? I mean, at the same time, like as a bloke, he kind of makes tens of millions rocking around in his fucking mouse helmet. Like, you can't be saying, <laughs> like, oh, like people are selling helmet. out and taking on an image. Really, mate? Really? I think, I think they should settle the differences in the ring. <laughs> We're just going to make everyone here wrestle. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I say just before we move on that uh, I, I saw Calvin Harris when he was just Calvin Harris. Uh, wow. I, I once went to a gig. Tell us all. I went to a gig in Cork and it had finished after like 40 minutes and I was just really pissed off and I knew Calvin Harris was playing across the road. So I walked up and I was like, hi, Colin O'Regan, I should be on the guest list. I wasn't, right? And the guy with the, with the list just went, Robert O'Regan, you say, is it? And I just went, yep. <laughs> poor, Robert. poor Robert. I know yeah. poor Robert was locked out of that gig. If you're listening, I apologise. Wow. Um, was it worth it? It was perfectly mediocre. Okay. Okay. Either way, I'm not on Twitter going, please come back. Come to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 Bow Wow, the rapper, wanted to go to Brazil on his private jet, he wouldn't be able to, man, because he doesn't have one. <laughs> yeah, they did. <they>, <laughs> That's my link. Okay. Get serious now. All right. Yeah, great. The rapper, formerly known as Lil Bow Wow. I believe he was given that name by Snoop Dogg when so, he was yeah. about three years old. And he's also a, a luminary from Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> he posted a photo to his Instagram earlier this week in which he seemed to claim that he was boarding a private jet from Georgia to New York to promote his upcoming TV show, Growing Up Hip Hop. 
However, a photo soon circulated online claiming to show Bow Wow on a commercial flight alongside fellow passengers. Hmm. Amazing, yes. Hmm. This is kind of like an old trick, though, in hip-hop, right? I mean, 50 Cent... It, remember he was like he declared himself bankrupt yeah. and part of his kind of case was that actually all the photos of him with stacks and stacks of money was just to like kind of bolster his image uh, yeah, so like this is just a hip hop it's good thing, defense right? isn't it yeah, yeah. It, it, it is quite, real money it is quite legit flexing for the gram like <laughs> yeah. uh, to bring back our favourite phrase it has uh, started the hashtag bowwow challenge though which I've quite enjoyed yeah, really in which people have basically like done this thing of like giving you one example of incredible opulence and decadence that they're enjoying only to reveal oh no hang on I'm actually sitting on a bus and that steering wheel is the seat in front of me there's some great ones it's really good but Cullum you've got your cynical detective hat on here you think this could be a publicity stunt yeah well so people have actually said yeah that Bow is actually pretty canny when it comes to these sort of things and given that he does have a TV show coming up uh. um, people think that like this will feature in the TV show and this was all a bit of a ruse uh, he himself has said in quite grandiose terms uh, I love it people don't understand the scientific method to my madness Jesus. Just something else. But, okay, like, I really need to point out. Oh, yeah, he also said, by the way, that um, you know, he, he's not stressing it because he and the people in his group chat, which includes Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg, roast each other all day. So, you know, water off a duck's back as far as Bow Wow is I'd concerned. love to be in that group chat. <laughs> I feel like I can I know, add yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. beats me, Craig and Josh. I could definitely raise, raise, raise the game there for sure. What's the TV show all about? So the TV show's Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta, and uh, it, it's like a reality TV show which is following people who are sort of literally growing up within sort of hip-hop royalty. And the cast is superb, right? It's uh, it's Bow Wow, uh, Jermaine Dupri's daughter, Lil Wayne's daughter, T.I.'s daughter, and the brother of Waka Flocka Flame. This is fantastic. <laughs> when, is this, when, when is this airing? Uh, I think it's starting during the summer. Oh, we are doing an episode review. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We are reviewing this I properly. Know. Yeah, let's do it. I can't how wait. Exci- how excited do you think Waka Flocka Flame's brother is when he got that phone call? Like, it's just Atlanta really? as well, really? is it? Earth's there yeah, loads of just, spin-offs. Just Atlanta. Presumably there's going to be spin-offs. A bit like CSI Cyber, which yeah, Bow Wow was in, and which is one of four CSI shows. That's correct. That quiz was educational as well, entertaining. Convinced it was, it was fine. We all learned something. Yeah, that was pedantic and I won't stand for it. <laughs> uh, slightly more kind of sobering work to come though to the screen. Steve McQueen, the director of 12 Years a Slave, yeah. Hunger and Shame, is doing... Gas man all together. Yeah, yeah, big time. Jesus. It's a triple bill of fun, isn't it? For a Fucking Sunday hangover, hell. for sure. Get, get the dominoes in. That's and- going to be a DVD <laughs> box set to buy your worst enemies in years to come. Here you the go. Steve McQueen collection. <laughs> Please watch all three of them on the same day. Uh, he is making a documentary about Tupac Shakur. Mm. And interestingly enough, this one has been authorised by the estate. And they seem to have complete trust in him. He seems to be a huge fan and kind of believes that his uh, his life has got parallels of its own because he kind of came up studying at NYU uh, when Tupac was a thing. And, you know, like like he feels very kind of, I guess, confident and, you know, has the ability to kind of tell the story. Yeah. And like, one thing about this was quite interesting is that even the family themselves have said, this is going to be warts and all. Like It's not going to be... Like they didn't say it, but I I will like that documentary Senna because I like I, I I enjoyed that film, but it's really more of a tribute than a documentary. Mm. Yeah, it's this, a hagiography, like yeah, completely. This appears to be like, hey, look, there was some bad aspects to his character, and we're going to show that too, as well as all yeah. the good stuff. So, uh, quite an interesting choice, especially you know, like uh, you know, he had, he didn't win the Oscar for best director, but it won for Twelve Years Life. I'm not a fan of his directing style at all. I have to say, I find his films to be extremely heavy going and quite be- but quite belaboured he kind of has a gimmick in, in his films where he
where he like allows the camera to just center on something for about four or five minutes while nothing really happens and like it's meant to make you kind of uncomfortable and you know I guess in that respect it's powerful but uh, his work kind of leaves me cold but this is a very interesting subject matter and I'll definitely be checking it out yeah I mean we're 20 years on from his death and like considering he's such a massive kind of icon at this stage it's kind of surprising that it's taken this long for I know there's a film coming out this year which is a kind of unauthorised look at his life uh, but we haven't seen too many kind of rep- representations of him on screen he's been kind of like a you know a, a bit part player in other people's movies and yeah, stuff like that it's, it's a yeah. strong documentary subject but yeah. not too many people have actually tried to make a proper motion picture out of it I suppose yeah like you say the fact that they're saying that it is not going to hold back is encouraging bizarrely I've read a book by uh, Asata Shakur who's uh, his godmother I think uh, but was also like a big into the Black Panthers movement and stuff like that and again it was it was extremely honest in its portrayal like so if nothing else the family seems to have background in terms of being kind of quite blunt about their own shortcomings yeah. as well as successes so yeah and, and as well like you just you can't picture Steve McQueen pandering no, is the other thing and I mean, unlike, for example, let's say, like, Straight Outta Compton, which had Dr. Dre and Ice Cube as producers, and F. Gary Gray as the director, who obviously had a lot of love for them, really did gloss over yeah, some more some uglier aspects. Stuff, yeah. So, Colm, you're a big documentary guy. Are you, uh, are you hyped for this? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, you see, the one weird thing, though, about, like, this is the story has grown legs in such a way that you know you're getting an, an interpretation of it all the time like there's no such thing anymore as sort of like the definitive account because well there's five that claim to be the definitive ones so Mm. you know it's kind of a case of just picking and choosing bits from different uh different takes on it kind of piece your own one together but uh yeah no the movie itself that is probably more interesting to me okay interesting uh well let's pick and choose from the songs of the week let's indeed uh, last week, of course, you guys were quick to note that, as usual, whenever the podcast wraps up recording, something <laughs> big always happens pretty much seconds or minutes or hours after we leave. And in this case, it's the return of LCD Sound System, who dropped two tracks at the same time. Here's Call the Police. So, Call the Police, and the other song is American Dream. I mean, LCD Sound System's return to me, I kind of don't want it, even though I like the band, uh, because I just feel like you made such a big deal out yeah. of how, oh, you were, yeah. how you were wrapping up and like the way that you did it, and now it's like, now you're back because you need the money. And, and the other thing was that like the wrapping up was done so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like... Talk about leaving people wanting more. I mean, you know, they had those Madison Square Garden shows. the documentary. Documentary that was made of it. It was in 2011 and people were like, you know, there is so much left for this band and so much left for James Murphy to do. And yeah, it was the ideal time to stop, which then obviously makes any time you return uh, probably less than ideal, I suppose. And even, like, you know, with any kind of famed act, you're immediately just, when there's been a bit of a gap, you're thinking, okay, how does this, you know, stand up to past glories? But when you've made a point of retiring and then coming back, you kind of have to show that you're not just kind of retreading old stuff. And I kind of feel like, certainly with Call the Police, 
it's just exactly what you'd imagine, isn't it? 100%. So yeah. we're right down the point where at one point when he kind of says, like, that line about it's just moving to Berlin, I was like, this sounds like a SNL sketch of an of an yeah. Yeah. song. It's ticking the boxes for sure. And I mean, like, uh, they went down a storm, a picnic last year. Mm-hmm. People seem to be really... They're a lot of fun, to be fair. People yeah. seem to be really into it. But I mean, like, uh, I don't... I'm not mad on, on on Call the Police. I think it's it sounds like a good U2 song if they were like trying to experiment a bit. But it's but it is. This is like as as box ticking as it gets. And predictably enough, I saw a lot of kind of people, a lot of guys in their thirties, kind of being like, "Oh, it's incredible! I listened to it ten times in a row today. It's so good." And it's like, "Nah, man, that's just passive." Is it not just another Bowie ripoff? Nostalgia. I mean, that guitar is just rubber frip on yeah. Heroes, isn't it? Like they just keep playing that like same guitar. I don't know. Um, American Dream, though, it's the better. other track, much, much better. Much better, yeah. I actually really like Very that Very melancholic. And it has those s- kind of deep, yeah, as you say, melancholic synths that you'd kind of, like, the likes of someone great, like that kind of thing. Um, Seems a bit more honest as well. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more. And that's something that I think probably has changed. If you're to pick one thing that's sort of noticeable in these two tracks as opposed to what we were used to from LCD Sound System is that James Murphy has very much grown into his role as a sort of a lyricist and I suppose the centrepiece of the band, he was once maybe a kind of a de facto frontman where, you know, where he was very much the musical engine room but was probably, you know, centre stage because they needed somebody to do the vocals. Whereas now as a lyricist and as the sort of emotional heart of the band, he's very strong and on American Dream you can definitely hear that. Completely. And I mean, Call the Police as well is just so over-egged. Like, the, the musical arrangement as well, like, it doesn't just rip off it, Bowie. It, it's like, going to be a banger live though, you know that. Heads. Yeah, but like, it's also like, it's so designed I and mean, it feels like a kind of like a, like a distant cousin that hasn't spoken <clears throat> to all my friends in 10 years. Yeah, the other thing as well though is that like, I find it really weird when like that really strong rebellious streak runs through the track and you're like, dude, you retired and ran a wine bar in Williamsburg. <laughs> you can't talk about like fighting the power here. And you and you very much came back for the money. Like I mean, that was an explicit thing. Like it was like, oh, how much will Coachella pay? Oh, cool, let's do yeah. it. Like, and they look, fuck it, do it. I mean, like you know, make hay while the sun shines. But it is that thing of like, I mean, like Nine Nails did a similar thing in as much as like they had this big farewell in two thousand and nine. But it never really felt like it was going to be the end. Everyone kind of knew. Everyone was kind of like, no, they're like they're not going to stop forever. So it didn't feel too dishonest. It just does. I mean, like I feel like if you were if you bought into that ending, because that ending actually was a fresh kind of big chapter for that story, which added this kind of layer of lore to the band. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we're back with a fine six minute disco song. Here the it is. one thing that I'll say, yeah, is that I mean, you know, if there's more like American Dream on this record, then it's it that's fair enough. I, like when you have a returning band, just don't half arse it. Mm. basically mm. don't come back for a string of gigs one new song and then kind of go uh, okay, I'll say this as well again. man not into the whole lowercase shit they're doing with this on Spotify I'll get out of it yeah. use your capital letters and use, yeah. them, and use them properly kind of making Motley Crue look good right with their whole we're like having a legal agreement that we can't reform <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's important for just about everybody. Yes, <laughs> also back this week, and the answer to one of the quiz questions here's TLC. <laughs> Then you must be dumb If you ain't got money Then you're not some money Then you're too young to 
TLC are back and essentially they had this big kind of social media campaign with their fans where they wanted their fans to name the new album and I guess the fans didn't do a good enough job because it's just called TLC yeah uh, obviously without Lisa Left Eye Lopez may she rest in peace they're down to a two piece now so it's and TC yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I guess don't 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 poke fun at the dead Craig I'm not I'm that's not. what you're doing and you certainly, it's a really bad habit that you have you know man it's like <laughs> They're not here to defend themselves. Why it's do you true. do it? What, like, what, is it? That. what kind of kick do you get out of it, man? I'll have an apology next She's week. She's dead. <laughs> so another anyway. statement. Yeah, another statement. You know what you are, Craig? You're a hater. A hater. <laughs> this song is called Haters. Yep. And they really... It's very subtle, isn't it? I mean, like, 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 <laughs> I wasn't really sure like, like, that it was about haters. It's horrific. <laughs> like, I mean, if someone had told me that this is the first single from like some child star who's just left her Nickelodeon show... And is sort of trying to break into the Instagram happy kid market. You'd write a song like this, and it would probably make sense. The weird thing with TLC doing this as well is that they did it far better about twenty years ago yeah. with Unpretty. Yeah, that was probably one of the first songs that I can remember, at least, that took such a blatant direction like that. And yeah, it did an awful lot better than most of what we heard since, and definitely better than this. This sounds like the sort of song that a producer keeps in a stack in the corner of the studio until somebody comes in with enough money that he can kind of trick them into buying it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's really as offensive as you seem to think it is. It's no. kind of endearing. It's hard. Har- yeah, it's harmless is the word. But do you want harmless from a big comeback? No. No, you want a statement. You want really impressive production now. So you want really impressive vocal delivery. You want hooks and uh, and like kind of that kind of thing to really kind of sink your teeth into. And it's just it's as generic as it gets. It's it's not even produced that well. No, it's like, just stripped you know, of it all of that kind tinny. of yeah that depth and that kind of the R and B roots that they had. It just yeah it sounds very very one dimensional. I think what annoys me though is that like it just stinks of cynicism, and that yeah I mean you know we talked about when you see it band coming back and you know it's for the money or something like that and this just sounds like there's so little artistic worth behind it you don't think TLC still have big things to say <laughs> I don't know I guess we'll find out 2017 is there any 90s kind of pop slash hip hop slash you know just kind of group that haven't reformed at this stage Blackstreet uh, okay yeah Eternal <laughs> Eternal okay The Honeys yeah. oh The Honeys remember them Cleopatra coming at you Mystique <laughs> We could go for errors okay, here. Yeah, I'm no sorry, mercy. Yeah, I'm hey, very sorry. Remember who? Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't think that one through, did you? Did, no, you? did not know who you were fucking with. Yeah. Remember that uh, that lecture picnic when we were all going back to the B and B and we were all we were singing Mystique. Oh my god! <laughs> a little conversation, baby. Chill. Oh. Chill. Let, let's not reenact it now. Scandalous, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll kind of kind of blast the scandalous, please. <laughs> Sure. It is a banger, yeah. Okay, also back amongst us this week, it's the National.
this uh, is a very interesting wordy title. The system only dreams in total darkness. Sounds like a soul wax song, but it doesn't sound like a soul wax song when you listen to it. Um, you know, the National are famed for rocking out like their songs at their gigs and like kind of really kind of giving them an extra bit of elevation. Here, they've decided to do that on record by adding a guitar solo. Yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? It's very strange, isn't it? And it's a bit like a kind of Coldplay, Johnny Buckland, awkward guitar solo. A little bit. It's not really too rocking. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, this trails a new record, Sleep Well Beast, I think it's called. Yeah, that's right. Coming out in September. Yep. They've announced two gigs in Vicar Street. Yep. Which and one in the Cork Opera House, bizarrely. Ooh, very, very nice. If you've never seen the National before, I would say go to them. I've seen them five times, and there was a point in my life when I was like, I could go see them every week. And by the time I went to that fifth gig, I think you are actually out of Craig as well. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of like, yeah, it's time for me to take some time off. I'll do. Uh, I do love them. I, I, I think they're fantastic. I do kind of feel that they are running out of road and have been for a little while And but this song is okay it's good yeah it's interesting rather than running out of road I think it's almost that they've got a little bit too much going on individually at this point obviously Aaron Desner um, has been producing and working with like Lisa Hannigan and stuff like that uh, Bryce Desner uh, has been doing soundtrack work I believe Um Matt Berninger was obviously part of Elvoy and stuff yeah. like that. So they're kind of moving off in these weird... Like, you can definitely hear, you know, that, like, there is pushing for soundscapes, for instance, from this track. Because it does have that sort of weird ambiance as opposed to something that a straight-up rock band would make. Um, it might just be a question of streamlining that a little bit and finding how to bring those strands together. Yeah, like, for me, it was it was a grower, to be honest. I wasn't that blown away on first listen. But, um... I'm not entirely sure the kind of loops and bleeps and, you know, aforementioned guitar solos quite work, but mm. I like the vocal, um, and I think they're taking risks that were kind of sadly absent on the last record or two, where, yeah, they se- seem to be running out of road. So, a bit of an expansion of the sound, which is promising, and yeah, I like the, de- the delivery. Yeah. The other thing is that I always <clears throat> think that a national album works far better than individual songs, mm. because once you lyrically get the sort of full sense of where Matt is, it generally tends to be a far more deeper and enjoyable experience. There's an interview up in Pitchfork and comes across quite happy at the moment and he kind of noted that they're getting on, they're all getting on very well. But they always seem such a nice group of lads. You're kind of like, the the, the notion of the National like, yeah. like like being like some kind of Guns N' Roses dressing room, you're like, it doesn't really fly, so... I know, yeah. And like, yeah, first time though I interviewed Matt Bringer, I was like, you're so much more good-humoured than I was expecting here, Absolutely, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's very much in, in on his own kind of mournful, dark, melancholic joke. But a band that have done so much good that you kind of always welcome a new release. But I, yeah, I, I hope that they kind of step it up a little bit. But at the same time, they've every right to kind of be in a comfort zone because they, it's weird. They're never a band that I would have thought have, that blew up to the level that they, that they did. Mm. Uh, so, you know, fair enough. But so far, I'm, I'm interested and we'll see what happens. Finally this week, a band that I'm, I think Craig Fitzpatrick is a big fan of. Mm-hmm. It's Grizzly Bear. called Three Rings I found it very experimental and enjoyable and it's about five minutes long and I could have listened to another five minutes yeah it's six minutes long in fact and it never does feel like a chore it never feels like it's dragging yeah it's constantly kind of shifting and it's very much 
business as usual for them, which is strange because they've been away for five years. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it reminds me of their last record, Shields, which was just a, a brilliant piece of work and very kind of compositionally interesting and daring. And they're just kind of masters of their craft. And yeah, this is great. What I love is that fi- after five minutes, you're kind of like, holy shit, when did this become a triumphant anthem? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it kind of creeps up on you a little bit. And I've always felt, as far as Grizzly Bear is concerned, uh, the bass is just underrated as being like the driving force for that band. I was actually just about to ask, do you think they're a band that gets their due? No, definitely not. I think they're one of those bands who you could almost blame with this whole conversation, you know, rock and roll is dead because they're so unassuming and actually rewarding of kind of, you know, prolonged listens and intellectual. They don't kind of grab you as immediately interesting or kind of arresting with hooks and stuff, but they're worthy of your time. So, yeah, definitely underrated, I think. I think they've also kind of missed their time a little yeah. bit, as, as in like, you know, if a Yellow House, for instance, had come out, like, say, three years later during the fucking like Flea Foxes explosion and stuff like that, you feel like it could have been a little different for them. Definitely, yeah. Now, Craig, you might say that, even flippantly that rock and roll is dead, but I think the, <laughs> I think it's anything but. Listeners, I, if I could ask you to just please make sure that your roofs are reinforced and that there's no delicate china in the room or Move anything. the dog out yeah, to like, the back garden for Maybe a even just go outside and listen to this because, you know, like, like structural damage could incur and I wouldn't want that to happen. It's Kasabian! That's You're in Love with a Psycho, the lead single from Kasabian's new record for Crying Out Loud. Now, I was in the pub on Sunday watching Man United lose, which was not enjoyable. Mm. However, also not enjoyable was they played this horrible glut of songs after the game was on. And it was every rubbish enemy indie championed uh-huh. song from like 2007. And in the middle of it was You're in Love with a Psycho by Kasabian. And it was like, huh, it just fits right in, doesn't yeah, it? it? It's such a weird choice for a lead single as well, because while I know it's tailored towards the radio, it's just got that... Like, it's so just fucking humdrum. Well, hang on. Before Craig starts talking, I wanted to say one thing, because I feel like listeners... Let's get it in now. No, but, but I, feel, I feel like listeners will probably know where I'm going to stand on this record, uh, and the uh, standing on its throat, uh, as it were. It's a case of this, right? This album, even by Kasabian's low standards is an absolute mess to me it sounds like someone trying to tune in an old radio a broken old radio in a car on an especially grim journey so craig the prosecution rests this was a disappointment for me but i low standards really i feel like you haven't given kasabian a fair shake over the years i have i feel like you've bought into an image they stupidly kind of started portraying like themselves as these kind of like sub oasis lads and were saving rock and roll they've always been so much more interesting than that though Mm. they actually take chances they like some of the records in the past have been very very interesting and totally outside that lad rock thing and they can write a tune when they want to Um, with this it's a bit kind of bog standard and I don't know if the whole disco thing that they seem to be pursuing and when I say disco I mean like 1978 some girls Rolling Stones trying to do disco Yeah, um, I don't know if that quite suits them but there are some tracks on here that 
I have to say I enjoyed. I mean, you're in love with a psycho. It has that thing of like a where did all the love go in terms of the chorus kind of works for me in that it's not your kind of big bellowed out thing. It's not the obvious choice. And I think they need to be applauded for that sometimes. They actually take interesting choices. It's a football terrorist chant. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, don't, I don't think it is. But, but, I, it's, I just, but it's, I, not, I, it's not spirited enough. And yeah. I do feel like, you know, I... I well, I, th- that's the thing. When they nail it... They're brilliant fun, but you see, I don't think they, they really. I are. don't think they've committed enough to that sort of aesthetic here. It's it's like the last they shadow committed to any one aesthetic. Here. This Puppets is all over the place. Did this sort of music relatively well, and certainly did it relatively completely. Whereas you're in love with the psycho and good fight shortly after it, just have this weird, just sort of half baked, sort of chill out lounge rock feel or something, and it doesn't work. The thing is though that they come either side of two tracks that you kind of go, okay, I see exactly what Kasabian are doing here in terms of writing songs that are going to bolster the live set. Um, the first track, Il Ray, there's another one, 24-7. And you're just like, yeah, these are main stage festival bangers. The last time I saw Kasabian was in an arena in December and they still played like they were in the main stage of a festival. Uh-huh. And it was all kind of, you know, Dublin show your fucking hands and all the rest of it. And you can kind of see that they're trying to capture that at the start of the record. After the halfway point, though, I don't know what happens, but shit slows down and suddenly you realise how phenomenally weak most of this is. They're a good band to give you like an endorphin rush, but they've never been a band that's capable of like making you feel anything on an emotional <laughs> yeah. level. So when they slow it down, it's really not their strong suit. And particularly, like I think Serge is a great writer. I actually like his voice. Tom Meehan, he's a good kind of rock frontman. He's got no versatility in terms of his voice or anything like that. He or, can't lend himself to different types of stuff. Or real emotion yeah, as well. And yeah. it, it, it's quite a strange one because, like, as I say, after that halfway point, when they get a little bit more, you know, slow and intimate and gentle and so on and so forth. And uh, the, par- the party never ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, this is where he's at his most cypher-like. Yeah, the guy has a certain charisma mm-hmm. and he can definitely, you know, lead an arena. And that shouldn't be undersold. That is a skill. Yeah, But, as you say... I don't really care for the words that are coming out of his mouth, and he doesn't have the range, he doesn't have yeah. the the relatability, he doesn't have the emotion, the conviction. He lacks the courage of his own conviction because he talks a big game, but I think when it comes to the crunch, he doesn't have it. And it's a slightly worrying thing when you feel that the songs that probably have the most emotional and artistic investment are probably the songs that struggle most. Songs like The Party Never Ends, songs like 16 Blocks. And there's one... Are you looking for action? Which is interminable. And it's eight and a half minutes long. Yeah. It never, incredible. It, it, it never gets out of its own gear. It's like a loop that plays in a shop that wants you to leave the shop. You're it kind like, of, it, it weirdly sounds like, I think the problem with this record is they should fully embrace the kind of gonzo, psychedelic, cartoon rock thing that yeah. they are. Yeah. And just like, I want the riffs to be bigger. I want them to, you know, just go kind of all out. I want them to take chances, like past records, uh, West Rider, Popper, Lunatic Asylum, where they were just kind of like, feck it, we're throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. It made no sense, and it worked somehow. It yeah. sounded like spaghetti western soundtracks. It was great. But with this, it just sounds like they're in a very, like that track in particular, it's a, it could be a Girls Aloud song. It really could. Yeah. Like, it should just be playing in a shop, like just over the kind of, and, and it kind of then transforms into an almost... House of Jealous Lovers, Rapture kind yeah. of 
thing, but yeah, it's just it's there's very a, watered down. I don't know. There's a part of me that wonders if at this stage in their career, Kasabian will just go, right, we'll take three or four songs from this that we can keep in our live set and then just move on. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like here's an album to justify a tour, yeah. which can happen. And again, like you know, you understand the marriage and the union of doing that for bands. It makes a lot of sense. You got to, you know, it's 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 a business. It's a game. All that kind of stuff. But I I I like to think that even the most diehard Kasabian fan would be disappointed by this because it's just not interesting. And also, I I want to have a word with whoever mixed and mastered this because yeah. they were asleep at the switch. Also, whoever put the track listing together because I haven't seen an album t- as top loaded as this in a while. Yeah, it's just, it's very strange. Yeah, it's the all that you can't leave behind of the Kasabian canon, is that, <laughs> is that what you're saying? I do think they're a band with, I mean, when when they, like, knock it out of the park, they really do. Like, I genuinely How love this a lot of their comes from a place songs. of seeing them live and being really bowled over, though? No, I mean, prior to see, I went to see them live because I was a fan of their work. I mean, the likes of Underdog, Shoot the Runner, it, it really is kind of disengage your brain a bit oh yeah. my god you can get cu- caught up in them and they can they can really write a tune they really can so this is just very tepid which is the worst thing you can say about them it you, should be dreadful you, or it should be amazing yeah that, that's true <laughs> like, like, like in the middle is always annoying to deal with but do you think that's because they punch themselves out or do you think that they try too hard I, I yeah sorry I feel like the writing isn't strong enough I think you have this thing where Serge is he writes everything so Tom doesn't really have much of a say I think he just said make it a party album because he was going through a kind of a bit of a messy breakup or whatever he's actually talked openly about how much he struggled over the past year so he said it was the worst year of his life then you listen to this with your songs written by his mate that he's singing but they're kind of like cheer up we'll have a party it's grand and it's just that it doesn't match up uh, emotively. It doesn't, the kind of, I don't know, the atmosphere of it doesn't quite work. It's kind of like they weren't all on the same page. Yeah, I feel... They as, just don't sell it. And I feel, yeah, I feel as though they're pulling punches. Yeah. As you say, I mean, like, they, they they lack conviction, both in terms of, like, the sonic aesthetic that they go for at times, the vocal delivery and, and that sort of emotion. And really, you know, like, yeah, we, we, we talked about, you know, like, in an interview they said, like, you know, what a difficult time Tom had gone through and they were drawing on that for the record. Like, if you're going to do that you know, really do it. This kind of feels just, yeah, you know, kind of cursory, kind of perfunctory. Even a track like Wasted, which could lean on those kind of moments, is dressed up in such a generic kind of stop-start beat thing that kind of calls back to different eras, I suppose. And you're kind of like, well, this should be a good song. Why isn't it? Yeah, they're kind of leaning on, uh, the last record was, you know, very much electronic inspired. And with this, they're kind of still on this almost new wavy kind of trip, which isn't their strong suit at all. They should just be your classic guitar rock band. I mean, that's what you want them to with kind of additional stuff thrown in. And yeah, it's mm, no. Definitely an example of a record that the usual kind of associated bluster of rock and roll is dead, we're here to save us, just really <laughs> blows up in their faces in this time out. For me, it's three out of ten. Oof, that's tough. Uh, I would go five. There's a couple of songs at the start that are bearable. Yeah, good, no, quite good, in fact. Yeah. No, I'll go, go further than that. Songs that are good at the start, but yeah, it quickly it's, fades it, to nothing. Yeah, it's smack bang in the middle at five. And I'm a like I, I I'm a real fan. I wanted to come in and kind of you know sing your praises and be a big supporter, but yeah, it's a it's a five for me. Okay. Uh, anything else of note to listen to? I haven't heard too many full albums of late, but uh, a couple of tunes from sort of records <laughs> that are coming out in the next couple of weeks. That that's, um, a, that's okay. Yeah, should be should be pretty exciting. Um, I've been listening to Julie Burns' latest record. It's great, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. yeah, I think it came out January. Not even, not even happiness. happiness. Yeah, her voice is incredible. It's fantastic. Uh, She's playing over in Wheeling soon. I think actually. Already. A double okay. with another Maybe singer we should go. Um, it's fantastic record. Yeah.
Are you not going to name these tunes, Colin? Like that, that was very mysterious. <laughs> oh no, no, like we've we've covered half of them before. I'm not oh, talking okay. about like obscure things that I've been digging up. So you essentially just said you, you have been listening to music. And <laughs> yes. enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. just just want to confirm. So I've, you know I've been doing my homework. I've dipped back into my old teenage CD collection, but wait, no, come back. I swear it's good. Uh, a great band that I feel never really got their due. A band called Amen. I'm not sure if you guys have ever given them a go. Now, they're a very Kerrang sponsor. They had a singer called Casey Chaos, which I could totally understand. <laughs> which I could totally, totally understand. Would All right, be, folks, I'll be back next would week. Would be a red flag. <laughs> it's a rap on Cullen Morrigan. Uh, but they have released a few records uh, before in the past. One is self-titled. The other one is called We Have Come For Your Parents. We Have Come For Your Parents would possibly be in my top ten favorite records uh, by anybody. I think it's fantastic. Well, okay. An excellent punk band. Great, great songs. And the first uh, song, or the first song on the first record, The Amen, is called Coma America. And it just kind of like came on randomly, and I hadn't heard it for so long. And I was like, holy shit, this still bangs. This is fucking awesome. If you've never heard Amen... Uh, give them a go. Although what I would say is We Have Come For Your Parents frustratingly isn't on Spotify but some kind soul has uploaded the whole thing to YouTube. Okay. So take the 40 minutes or so and just give it a go. You'll either like it or you won't and you might even love it as I do. Actually now that I think about it just one thing to mention is that we haven't covered uh, New Phoenix on the show oh, yet. Oh shit, that's true. Yeah. They dropped a new single a couple of weeks ago. I've heard one or two more tracks from that record and it sounds like it's going to be a return to form. Does it sound like a Phoenix album? It it does, but a good Phoenix album, as Phoenix. in like a Wolfgang yeah, Amadeus. No, I don't Phoenix hate album. Phoenix, but it's just very kind of like. They're a good French band. How often Dave, does that happen? What on earth? Like, do you think <laughs> there's some sort of show band doing the theme song for BBC sports shows or something? That's not far off. Yeah. I'm a huge they're, Phoenix fan. I yeah, must they're say, just or at a least poppy French strokes, which is great. <laughs> That's all you ever need, man. That's yeah. pretty much sums you right up, gentlemen. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. you, welcome back. Thanks, man. Good to be back. As always, to play us out, we will have some new Irish music. This is a band called Sights. I was in the band once called Sights Distorted, so I'm not going to sue them for any kind of weird publishing or anything. Um, <laughs> Irish-Scottish duo, Tony Ederson and Mia Fitz, came together during songwriting sessions for other artists, but apparently they were so good at it that they decided to go it alone. Or together, I should say. Uh, one of them played with Hozier for a few years, but don't hold that against her. You know, We all have to make money, it's fine. This song is called Lights Out. I quite enjoy it. My name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be no encore. Catch you next week. I gave you everything. I let you in to see every piece of me, my deepest insecurities. And it was so right for the first while. I never could have seen you turn and try and walk on me. So I'm taking them back. I'm taking them back. All the pieces that I gave me I'm taking them back I'm taking them back now You didn't deserve these parts of my heart All the time I put my heart out Thought every piece of me was burned out And you just left me with the lights out So I'm taking them back Is that?
Network. See headstuff.org for more details. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of a Capital Fourth. Join your host Vanessa Williams with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's a Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central, only on PBS. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.